0: you're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 92. And today we're talking about how self-sabotage is holding you back in your business. So stay tuned. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another Monday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's such a pleasure to be hanging out here with you today because today I've got a topic that I believe relates to every entrepreneur or small business owner. I believe and I've heard a lot of other people say that entrepreneurship is the biggest self-development journey you can ever take in your life and I 100% agree with that. There's nothing like being out there, putting yourself out there in front of everyone every single day with the possibility of people judging you, with you know, these fears of failure and fear of success constantly, constantly in your face. But, you know, as leaders, it's our responsibility to be showing up as the best that we can possibly be because we're the ones that are steering the ship. So when things are holding us back personally, that means that we can't grow our business. We can't help our team to take our business or our company, our corporation to where it needs to be. So today I've invited Erin File to join me who is the founder of the Mind Fix Group and she helps entrepreneurs to eliminate the head trash and limiting beliefs that keep people stuck. Now she does it in a very special way that is easy and effortless and doesn't take 10 years of sleeping on or lying on a couch talking to someone to, to work through these issues. So it's a really interesting topic, a conversation that we have. She shares some really amazing case studies and ideas that will help you understand how your limiting beliefs may be playing out in your business. So let's jump into today's episode. Hi Erin, welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's great to have you here with joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm very excited because today we're talking about a topic that I would think affects every single person on the planet (laughs) and (laughs) is the pain of many an entrepreneur. And it's (laughs) that things that keep us stuck and keeping us unproductive and the things that hold us back And all of the things that annoy us really as, well, as entrepreneurs, we like to, we're high performance normally, right? You know, Mm -hmm. we love success. We love getting things done. And it's very frustrating when there's things that happen in our life that hold us back from getting the outcomes that we want.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. So I'd love you to share a little bit before we start, what exactly it is that you do and the kinds of, or the types of clients that you work with.
1: Sure. So I'm the founder of the MindFix group, and we specialize in helping high achievers, high performers, and entrepreneurs eliminate the biggest mental barriers and roadblocks that are keeping them stuck and keeping them from being able to achieve what it is they know they can achieve and make the money they know they can make, but it just feels like there's something in their way, like an invisible wall. And so we come in and we help identify what those walls are and then we eliminate them and then we send them on our way. And our signature program has a 95% success rate and we've worked with people all over the world and we, we just do our work quickly and efficiently and rapidly. I
0: love that, rapidly.
1: That's the way we want, we want things to be these days. Yeah, entrepreneurs are kind of into the whole fast thing.
0: Yeah, like can we just get this done yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> totally. We're talking the same language then. So, what are some of the biggest roadblocks that we would probably feel as entrepreneurs?
1: I would say that the most common ones that our team runs into with entrepreneurs are kind of a fears a fear of success and fear of failure mm-hmm. are two really big ones. Mm-hmm. Really harsh self inner critic. Uh So lots of like a self doubt and kind of self-criticism, like when that starts spiraling, that can be really cost people a lot of time and energy. We see a lot of people dealing with procrastination or avoidance. So it may not look like hardcore standard procrastination where you're not sending an email and you know you need to be, but people can start to see avoidance patterns almost anywhere in their work days, whether it's avoiding talking about money every time they're on a sales call or avoiding doing work with a certain type of person or on a type of project that's above a certain budget level. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. avoidance and procrastination are big. And then the other really common one that we work with regularly is perfectionism. And uh, sometimes it's perfectionism. That uh, like disguised as oh I'm not I don't need things to be perfect I just need them to be really 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 good you know so yeah. people go I I don't care about perfect but if things aren't done a certain way that can cause a lot of problems for yeah our so I'd say that's kind of like the, the the really big common cluster that we see on a regular basis totally and I let's face it most
0: of us have felt every single one of those at one time or another or either that or you were just reading my mind. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: One more, one more big one with entrepreneurs, imposter syndrome. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's the other big one. Yeah. That's
0: huge. Especially now. I mean, I've been in business for since before the internet, but I feel it more now with social media, you know, you're out there all the time and you have to be. And I'm like, wow, how come, you know, every now and again, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And I've been doing this for 26 years. Like what's that all about really? Oh
1: yeah, you can have it in somebody who just started a business, and we have we we've seen it in people who have been doing, oh my God, who are experts and have been at the peak in their industries for forty forty years, you know, forty plus years. It yeah. just it doesn't matter. We're working with someone who is literally being invited on the biggest stages in the world with all these big names flying around these countries. And he's having these panic attacks because he's like, I don't deserve to be up there. I just wow. It's just luck that I'm getting invited to all these big stages with all these big names. And it's totally sabotaging his entire speaking experiences. And he's getting up there and, and getting flustered. And it's impacting the business that he's trying to get from, yeah. from speaking.
0: Yeah, well, that was really interesting that you said that then, that it's hurting the experience because he's... That's a really different way to look at it, that it's not necessarily that he's holding himself back. So the outcome could be, I'm not going to do it. That's not the outcome at all, but the outcome is making the experience not fun. So I think that that's really interesting that you said that, that the outcome could be different. It's not always avoidance. Absolutely. I used to have one of those fears of speaking on stage, like I would rather die. I was one of those people. (laughs) Until I read one day that Tony Robbins still gets nervous before he goes on stage. And I thought, oh, my If Tony Robbins can feel nervous before he goes on stage, I think it's okay for my knees to
1: shake. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because with a lot of these patterns, it's not that it's just a slightly negative experience for the person. It's not that there's just a slight discomfort because they experience procrastination or perfectionism or that this client of ours is heading up onto stage and is shaking. Like It actually starts to have these roadblocks, have these ripple Negative ripple impacts or effects on so many different areas of business. So this fellow who's trying to go and speak around the world, he's getting up there and he's actually messing up. And he's like blanking out and he's shaking and it's impacting the quality of his talks. So he's flying out there, messing up his talks. And that's impacting the amount of people who are coming up and wanting to do business and trusting him. So he's trying to get business and create a name for himself. And it's actually having a negative effect. Likewise, you can have somebody who, you know, can chuckle at, oh, I'm just a perfectionist, but they're spending an extra 10 15, 20 hours a week trying to take something from 85% good to 98% good when the client may not even realize it. And that's wasted hours of productivity that could be going back into something else where people could be scaling the business. Mm. So it's not just a slight discomfort or a chuckle like, oh, that's just how I am. It often is is really costly in terms of time or money or, or revenue generation or sometimes just sanity and energy entrepreneurs mm. yeah we say
0: just sanity and energy but you know when we're not at the top of our game it's the little things that can really shake us and we, you, we can't be sort of up there and you know like energy levels and confidence all the time it's just we're human and it's not always like that but we want to minimize the the times that this happens and also how we
1: deal with it absolutely
0: one of the things that you said is that people could have a, a fear of success or a fear <sighs> of failure no, I find this topic really interesting because and I'd love to get your take on this. Do you find that people only have a fear of success or a fear of failure? Are they the same thing? Do they sort of bounce between the two? Because one of them's, you know, going away from the negative and one's towards the positive,
1: but is it the same thing? No, it's actually completely and totally different. And we've worked with people who only have fear of failure. Uh-huh. We've worked with people who only have fear of success and we've worked with people who have both. Wow. So they're totally completely different fears just like the fear of dogs and the fear of snakes. They literally uh-huh. are different things that have different root causes and people can have one or none or both.
0: Uh-huh. So can you give us an example of a fear of a failure and how that would play out and a fear of success and how that could play out?
1: Sure. We've worked with clients who come in and they're absolutely obsessed and with they're terrified of failing. So anytime they make mistakes, and it can look different for every person, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but failure can be small. It could be not closing a sale, not getting a project, not having a client be happy with the work. Like Those can be seen as failures. Or it could be not exceeding last year's revenues. Or it could be having to let team members or employees go like all of those things people can see those as failures because people define failure in different ways but usually it's like some type of mistake or something not going the way that they had planned or envisioned and some people get so terrified of making mistakes or failure of any kind that they get frozen they focus on it and they actually create it actually more likely that they're going to experience that on the other hand we've worked with people who have fear of success. We work where there's something that they're some type of met, old mental programming or beliefs that they're holding on to that are associated with success that makes success really scary and terrifying for them. That even though their conscious mind is saying, I want to do great. I want to be a, a great successful business person. Like they're half of their mind is like going no you don't no you don't you know (laughs) the other way so we worked with a financial advisor for example who was saying you know I can't I keep like hitting the same revenue every year I keep learning all these things I'm growing my team and yet it's like I have this invisible ceiling I don't Uh know what it is I I really want to grow I really want to make more money and as we dug into it and started working with him what we uncovered is he actually had a really deep fear of success. When he was raised, he was um, raised in this really poor neighborhood where rich people are bad and rich people are evil. And his parents had raised him in a way where he had grown up believing that successful people have no time for family. And he had a wife and two kids. So a huge part what was going on in the back of his mind is if I'm successful, if I make more money, if I do better at my job, I'm going to lose like my relationship with my kids and my Mm -hmm. wife. There's no way I can have success and a healthy family life. And I don't want to be one of those awful, bad, greedy people. So he had all of this stuff wrapped up with his definition of success. So no wonder every year he kept trying to, grow and grow and grow. But in the back of his mind, he had all this kind of head trash and mental garbage. He would slam on the brakes and self-sabotage and say no to clients. And at the end of the year, start like turning away projects and, oh, I lost this client. I got them angry. And all of these things would happen so that somehow each year he just couldn't do better. Isn't it amazing what our subconscious
0: mind can do to us? And isn't it fascinating that even though these passions have been running our whole entire life, that we can rapidly delete them.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. With this fellow, he worked with us for, I think, about eight or nine weeks at the beginning of last year. And he had his biggest year by 40%. He increased his revenue by 40% at the end of last year for the first time in 15 years. Just because of that stuff, he was able to just move forward without all of that resistance and struggle and all of those, that the fear of success holding him back.
0: Yeah. So what I'm hearing is it's not just as amazing that he got that outcome, but he did it while he was more in flow. He didn't, he wasn't fighting against that old pattern that he was running. So, he, oh my goodness, he must love
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> we, get, we get little notes from him like once a month with little updates. It's, it's awesome. It's such, such fulfilling work. Totally. So why are we running these patterns?
0: I mean, you've alluded to it a little bit, but why are we running these patterns of self-sabotage in our lives?
1: Love that question. It's my favorite question. So most people aren't really aware of what's causing them to act and behave in the manner that they do. And when they get stuck and they have these patterns, they try to change their behaviors. You know, I'm a perfectionist. So tomorrow when I get the design from the client, I'm going to try and time myself and just give myself 10 minutes and I'm going to try to just change my behavior. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it's so difficult to do that and to change our habits and our behaviors and our actions is because those things aren't random. There's a reason why we act the way we do. Our behaviors and our actions are determined by the thoughts And the emotions that we have. Uh So if a man walks into my office right now and I have thoughts that this man is dangerous and emotions of fear and anxiety, Uh my actions are gonna look totally different than if my thoughts are, oh, you know, that's my child, and there's emotions of of love, right? Uh There's gonna be totally different actions. So the actions we take are based on the thoughts and the emotions that we experience. Now those things are not random either. We don't Uh just have random thoughts and emotions pop into our head. The reason why we have certain thoughts and our emotions, it actually goes back to what we believe to be true. Uh It's our beliefs that power probably 90% of our thoughts and our emotions. There's other things that impact our thoughts and our emotions like the state of our nervous system um, medications our physical body things like that but 90 percent of our thoughts and our emotions and therefore our actions are determined by our beliefs so if i have a belief that cats are dangerous and i walk down the street and i see a cat my thoughts are going to be i'm in danger I'm, I mean, this isn't good my my emotions are going to be fear and anxiety and my actions are gonna be I'm gonna run away or I'm gonna scream or I'm gonna do something like that. Now if I came along with a magic wand and bopped or bopped me over the head and, and <laughs> like, Bop, you. bopped yes. me over the head and extracted you know, cats are dangerous uh-huh. and that like, gave myself amnesia or something like that and didn't remember I had that thought, I can literally walk down that very same street the next day, see a cat, and my thoughts will be totally different. It'll be like, oh, there's a cat. My emotions will be neutral. Uh My actions will be, I'll walk by it. So thoughts change, emotions change, actions and behavior change instantly, easily, without practice, when you change what you believe to be true. That's where so many people get things wrong. They try to change their actions, or they try to change what they think, when really the root cause of all of those things is what you believe to be true. And that's what we work with primarily at our company and it's why we're able to get such rapid results. You've just made so much sense as to why we
0: act a certain way, but also how our actions change depending on that belief and it's understanding that our belief changes that action and that feeling that makes so much sense. So we understand now why that's happening, but then we've got patterns that we know we're running. And I know you and I had a great conversation before we hit record and we were saying that we know that we run patterns. We're all pretty self-aware. We, we all know that we do it. And and I say it with my clients too, you know, if you had a, a magic wand, what three things would you change? And. A lot of those things that you mentioned at the beginning are things that we, you know, we would say I hear every week by, by people in my world. I wish that I wouldn't procrastinate so much. I wish I wasn't a perfectionist. I wish that you know I wasn't too scared to accept speaking engagements. I wish that I could put myself out there more or show up on video more, whatever it is. So yeah. we understand we're running those patterns.
1: How do we change them? I have yet to figure out, I'm still working on, and like my life goal is to get it out to the world to enable people to do it on their own. I have yet to figure out how to share like a DIY technique for people to do this. It's kind of like, how do you teach someone to give themselves a really relaxing massage? Uh-huh. It doesn't quite <laughs> work so well, right? You need yeah, yeah. someone there to facilitate it for you. What we do know that works so well is when people work with our team, we're able to identify the beliefs that have someone acting in loops or in patterns and are stuck. And then what we do is a process, it, like a conversation, that gets the mind to go, oh, that's not the truth, I never saw it. Much in the same way that when you, like when a child realizes they never actually saw Santa Claus. Mm. So- Like they'll act a certain way and they'll leave cookies and milk out every year. And then one day when a parent shares the truth and their brain goes, Oh, and they realize, Oh my God, that was Santa Claus at the mall. Oh my gosh, that was dad dressed. Oh my God. And they realize I never actually saw it as truth. The brain like just lets go of it. And the belief goes away forever and it never comes back. And there's no more leaving milk and cookies out. And there's no more, you know, waiting up for, for Santa because, the belief is gone. So it's really a process of getting the mind to realize that what people cling to and feel like is the absolute truth and what they believe is not actually something that they saw. Because we believe things because we think we saw evidence that it was true. And that's why it's so hard to shake beliefs. And that's why you can convince a kid that they didn't see Santa Claus is when you get them to realize you never actually saw him.
0: Yeah. So you, you did mention that you would like to be able to have people do this themselves. I also think that we protect our beliefs and that it's not until someone asks us a question in a different way that we go, Oh, hang on a minute. (laughs) so i don't i don't know if i mean i could be wrong it's my own belief i I also think that we do need to have the help of other people to help us see past the bs that we're telling ourselves
1: it's so you're exactly exactly right it's really hard to do work on yourself like everything is so mixed up i have been doing this for years i don't even know that i'm very good at I try to do it on myself and try to see things in a certain way, and half the time I just need like one of my team members to be like, "Aaron, come on," and then and hold something up. It's like, "Oh, okay." It's really hard. Yeah. Read the labels on the bottles when we're inside of the bottles. It's so hard to have a a clear perspective on ourselves, and that's why it's so valuable to have other people to to give us objective perspectives about us.
0: Mm. Yes, totally, totally. So these patterns that we're running create habits. And I think that, that the pattern is completely different to the habit, right? How do we change a
1: habit? I'm not so sure. I use pattern and habit interchangeably. Like we have seen people who have had habits of getting irate whenever they get criticized uh-huh. or habits of avoiding difficult parts of a sales conversation and they'll say I've been doing this for 10 years 20 years it's a habit I'm going to have to practice and once we get rid of the cluster of beliefs that's related to that behavior which is just a behavior that's repeated over and over the habit just goes away like it doesn't, it do, it's not something that has to be practiced. Sometimes people need advice about what to put in, in the place when that when the habit goes away and they're not really sure what to do. But I don't think it's it's the same. I really think that habits and, and patterns are the same thing. Mm, love it. So when we're putting something into
0: place to replace that thing that's being pulled out, so we're not leaving a gaping hole like S, we're going to put something back in there to plug it up. Who, is that something, you know, that we decide because we're creating a new reality? Or again, is this something that we need help with from other people that can objectively see in
1: from the outside? Ooh, what a beautiful question. Um, I've seen it go both ways. So I've seen it where like people stop really harmful or hurtful communication patterns, like yelling at someone when they don't like something or snapping at somebody or getting angry. And when that habit goes away, there's just a sense of calm. And it's almost like people are very happy to just have that, the calm replace like the anger or the snapping. I've also seen it where maybe somebody who's learning sales or business development, or they're, they're changing patterns in work, and they stop doing something, like they stop writing emails that take them 30 minutes to write. And they're just obsessive about including every single detail. And they're like, I don't have to do that anymore. But I don't really have the skills to write really short, effective mm-hmm. communications. And that's where sometimes working with a coach or reading a book or getting more information is actually useful. Thing is, people usually go the other way around. They try to get the skills and get the information or work with a coach or learn how to do something like write a really great communication or a really great email but if they have the behavior and the beliefs that you must write out everything and you must be detailed or else bad things will happen it doesn't matter what tricks or tactics or techniques you learn that belief is going to keep you writing these long emails so once you get rid of the behavior the pattern then you can decide do I have what it takes to be effective or can I learn some new skills now that I've gotten rid of the bad habit
0: Oh, I love that you put it like that because how many of us learn, like you said, again, we're very self-aware. We know there's a problem and we go and try and learn the new, or we go and learn the new skill and then go, why can't I make this work? Why do I feel so dumb? Why do I, Why can't I do this? Everyone else can do it. And that just has oh yeah. more of that shame spiral where like, hang on a minute. I went and tried to fix that. Why isn't it working? Yes,
1: 100%.
0: Boom, (laughs) right there. (laughs) That's so awesome. For people that are listening and they're like, actually, you know what? Erin makes so much sense. I do want to get this fixed before I go learn the new skills. Where can they learn more about what it is that you do?
1: Sure. So the best place would be to hop over to our website, which is mindfixgroup.com. We have a a free one-hour video training that explains like what Beautiful diagrams, the whole thoughts, emotions, beliefs, how you see things, actions, and and we really break it down really clearly there and explain for people how that works. There's all sorts of case studies and client results that show people what's actually possible because one of our big things is people think, you know, hear what we say and think it's too good to be true, Uh Um, stories from real people, and then uh, contact information and, and an application for people who are interested in learning more about working with us.
0: Beautiful. And I feel like you just read my mind because I was going to say, I would love you to share a case study just to give our listeners an idea of exactly what is possible. Oh, absolutely. Um, For anyone that can't see us and isn't listening and not seeing us on YouTube, Erin's face just lit up like a (laughs)
1: Christmas tree. (laughs) Oh my God. I am just thinking of like so many people, like who do I choose? Okay. So we worked with an entrepreneur named Sarah a while back, and she was a super successful entrepreneur who had Facebook group of, I think, like 50,000 people who just loved and adored her. And she was growing her business and had all of these opportunities. And she was getting invited to speak. She was invited on podcasts. I think she had like television interviews, all of these opportunities. Facebook wanted to do a partnership with her and she came to us because she was struggling because she couldn't bring herself to go on interviews. She was putting them off. She was like, can you reach out to me in two months? I'm busy. And she wasn't busy. She just was terrified to be interviewed or to be on camera. Her coach was telling her that she needed to do Facebook lives and she was not doing them at all. She would put it on her to-do list and then, oh, it's the end of the day. She couldn't do it. She was trying to build her team, but she found she couldn't delegate anything she didn't trust people so she was trying to do it all herself and she was hitting these like revenue ceilings and she was a perfectionist (laughs) oh wow Sarah had it all she had all of this stuff going on and we worked with her for three months 10 weeks I think 10 weeks 12 weeks and By the end we were getting these notes from her saying things like I'm a Facebook Live addict. I went live four times today. I went live in Target, it was the best. I was in Washington Post, USA Today, Entrepreneur Magazine, I got I did all of the podcasts that I was supposed to do, I'm loving it. And then we heard from her a few months after graduation and her revenue had doubled, her monthly revenue had doubled doubled and her monthly profit had over doubled wow like two or three months out after her graduation just because all of it she had built out her team she was delegating she was able to hire she was able to do all these promotional things and she had the confidence and she's like I am going to do this partnership with Facebook I'm worth it I can totally I got this right so she came in this kind of like big hot mess and then a few months, you know, post-graduation, she was just on fire. And it was so exciting to watch.
0: Wow, that is so cool. And and what's so amazing about that is that really, as entrepreneurs, we do what we do because we want to influence people and we want to make an impact. We're here to share our message and to, you know, I don't know many people that aren't here to to do something big, you know, normally got a huge vision. And to be able to complete or not complete it, but to follow through on that vision and know that we're influencing and impacting in a positive way is just like the most beautiful feeling. Like this just fills us up. So cool. (laughs) Totally. If there was one thing that you could leave our listeners with today that just packaged this amazing episode up in a little box with a beautiful red bow on the top, what would it be?
1: I have a magic question that I think is one of the most powerful questions people can keep in their back pocket to get insights into themselves. So when you are going about your workday or even at home, like in your personal life, and you do something and you're like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Or I wish I didn't. Why do I keep doing that? Or why do I not do that? When you're sitting there going like, uh, this isn't the behavior that I that I want to, to be doing, the gold nugget question the million dollar question is this ask yourself what would I have to believe to be true to keep acting this way that will uncover the root causes for why you're acting the way you are and it can be something as simple as what makes me valuable is being perfect you know if I make mistakes or fail bad things will happen I'm not likable. It can be all these different little simple basic beliefs. And when you have those, it makes complete sense why you keep acting in the way that you do when it's a way that doesn't serve you. So the question is, what would I have to believe to be true to keep acting this way? And when you get in the habit of asking yourself that question, you can learn so much about yourself.
0: Wow. that I've never heard that question. That is awesome. I love it. Thanks, Erin, for sharing everything you have today. You've just dropped so many value bombs. You've just explained it so succinctly and easily. Oh, it's just great. I'm going to go back and listen to this again myself. <laughs> Thanks so much for being an amazing guest. Thank you for having me. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth, and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to forward podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.